People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. fans and welcome to another edition of the 20 by 20 ring crew i'm your host matt alongside my partner joe what up what up what's going on joe we got a lot to talk about today if you guys are just like me and joe here we are kind of hunkered down got a lot of snow that we dealt with over the past weekend a lot of snow so if you're just like us and you got nowhere to go this is a perfect opportunity to grab something good to eat and drink give us your ears for the next hour and a half or so as we talk wrestling. It's February. We just got done about a couple weeks ago talking, or I should say watching, the annual Royal Rumble events. I'm sure many of you have seen it, but if you haven't seen it, this is a perfect opportunity to go to our website, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE Network. That's all one word. And get yourself a 30-day subscription on us and check out the Royal Rumble. Check out... A bunch of other stuff on the WWE Network. I guess I should say while you can, because that's getting moved yeah, over. Yeah, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of hubbub about that. And first of all, I have to... Correct people? I have to correct people. Yes. Because immediately, and the only reason I even bring this up is in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20wrestlingtalk, we were able to set the, the record straight because you had other groups on Facebook and, and Twitter and whatnot talking about the sale of the WWE Network. Now, yes, there was a sale, but no, they did not sell the actual network. What was What is going on is they're leasing it. They're leasing it out to NBC yes. Universal for five years to the tune of a billion dollars in operating funds for the WWE, which... Works out great for them. Huge cash flow coming in. That's what's going on. So the content is slowly being uh, moved over there for the next five years. We don't know exactly what is going to be available and what's not going to be available. Obviously, you know, NBC Universal going to put all the content on the Peacock app, which there's a free version right now. So we could see, uh, you know, a free tier that offers some of the WWE stuff. Or none of the WWE stuff, we don't know yet. But that's the case. That's what's going on. So uh, essentially, they're going to be curating the service for or distributing the service for the next five years, starting in March. So you got a little bit more time to enjoy the WWE Network as it stands right now. We sincerely hope you do so and you do it through us. Absolutely, and and I think it goes with, without saying that mergers are always going to be tricky, and people are not adapted to change, but. From, from my understanding, from what I've read, if you are a fan of the WWE Network, like myself, like my partner here, there's nothing really to worry about. You're just you're just going to a different streaming service. That That's really it. From what I've read, that, and, and again, I, I can't 100% confirm this, but from what I personally have read, everything is going over there, including you know the, the, the past pay-per-views that was really a selling point of the original WWE Network, the WCW, ECW, and all the old stuff. All that stuff is supposed to be on there still. It's just going to be on Peacock. I'm not sure. You started uh, saying that it's going to be just 
off the regular Peacock tier, or if they're going to have a WWE Network tier. I'm not exactly sure how that's going Right, we don't know yet. That hasn't been announced. The only thing for sure that has been announced as of this recording is that you will not be able to pause and or rewind live events as they air. Okay. So that's the only thing. It's a little weird, but... Yeah, (laughs) because apparently that's how they do soccer matches on some similar... Network or app or well, whatever. Peacock does soccer matches. Oh well, there yeah. you go. I'm not familiar with with Peacock. I haven't I haven't checked it out. I'm a Premier League guy, and NBC is okay. a, the Premier League. So yeah, so. just it, exactly how that functions for live events. That's how the WWE is going to happen uh, or going to be handled for live sure. events. The more that we we hear about it, you know, we'll we'll try to convey and we'll try to break it down for anyone that's a little confused about it. Joe and I, myself, not only are we wrestling guys, but we're also kind of tech nerds too. So we. We see this stuff all the time, and if you, you know, if you look, if you think about it, if you go to something like when Disney Plus was was first introduced, a ton of shit that just was not available because they leased it to other companies, and then slowly those contracts ended, and then those were put onto Disney streaming apps. It's still their product; they're still making money off of it. They just no no longer streaming it themselves, and this is only for our U.S. based listeners, by the way. Oh, um, that's right, yeah. For everybody that's international, my understanding you guys are going to be watching it off the WWE Network still yeah. for the foreseeable future, at least. <clears throat> Let's get right into it. You know, this is this is Royal Rumble season. We're getting into WrestleMania season, but Royal Rumble 2021 has come and gone. It's in the books. I got to tell you, Joe, I, I'll, I'll just go ahead and I'll, I'll, I'll start it off on a... Good note here. This was a pleasantly, surprisingly good show. Man, I was kind of beside myself. Uh, I I got snowed in, uh, so I ended up not going to my nine to five. And I said, "Well, what the hell? Let's uh, let's sit down and watch uh, the Rumble since it was going to be on." So mm-hmm. the kiddo and I hunkered down and grabbed some snacks and watched the Rumble, and uh, we were both pleasantly surprised. It was. Uh, one of the better rumbles in in recent years, minus a few things. Yeah, I, I they it seems like they finally got their shit together. Now I don't know what caused all that. <laughs> I don't know what changed or, yeah. or you know or what have you. But yeah, it was it was a it was a solid show. And you and I were both worried to begin with because you know there's no crowd. I mean you got the you got the TV screens, but mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the the same thing. So. Yeah, we were both a little worried as to how this was going to play out. Yeah, I mean, and and then from 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 start to finish, you know, uh, I was I was fairly entertained uh, in just about everything. With the, we'll go ahead and let's let's break down the car a little bit here because there's not many matches to talk about. It is the Royal Rumble. You know, they start off McIntyre versus Goldberg, <laughs> and it plays out exactly as expected. Uh, for, yeah, for me. Yeah, yep. And there's nothing special there, and that's kind of how. That's kind of how the tone they set. It's like, okay, where do we go from here? Because McIntyre versus Goldberg, I'm sorry, guys, but there's nothing really to talk about in this match, really. Two and a half minutes, as expected. Say, you know, nothing but fucking finishers and if you want to call them high spots, high spots. Dude, the the moment that happened, I was like, this is all going to be finishers and that's it? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And even my kid was like, Dad, why... Like what? What do they? What do they hope to accomplish? Yeah. You know, this is the first match. Like, if you're supposed to set the tone, what the hell are they doing? Mm-hmm. I still don't know what they were doing. <laughs> somebody, somebody remarked to me like, "Oh, this keeps both guys looking strong." Really? How? How? That's a ridiculous comment. There. You you booked this match, all right? So let's let's say let's say they give us the position of like, hey, 
put these fucking matches, like these are your matches. Put them, put them on the show, make it work. Goldberg and McIntyre is not starting my show because the kiddo said it right. You gotta fucking set the tone. Yeah, you gotta. So for me, if you're gonna start it, I don't want to do this. I would either do the the other title match because that actually was a fight, or you do by that I mean the world title, not the women's title. Okay. Or you start it off with a rumble match, which is they've done in, in in years past. Either one of those for me is acceptable because by that point your audience base is now they're now in. You you sold me. Whatever you got here, this is what I this is what I came to see. This is what I want to watch. Goldberg and McIntyre went so fast; it's like they had to restart the show again <laughs> for the next match. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so there's not much to talk about, and 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 that's you know McIntyre wins; he's still the champ. I would not have been surprised if Goldberg won the match or won the title because this is WWE we're talking about going into WrestleMania season. However, I just don't know what the hell you do with the guy. No. It just doesn't make any sense. Move right along. The very next match was a match that for me, I looked at it and I was like, this is going to be one of those matches where I was like, man, again, it's going to be a bad tone to set. And for whatever reason, on this particular night, I know Sasha Banks can go. I know I'm a Sasha Banks mark, but I know she can go. I felt this particular night, Carmella stepped up and did the things that she had to do to help the match as well. Not saying she did great, but this is probably the best match I've seen Carmella do. Yeah, you can tell she's she's been working on some shit, and she's definitely got it uh, a little bit more together. It was a an okay match. Yeah, it certainly took the the bad taste out of your mouth. The, the Goldberg and, and McIntyre match. And then you go right into the, the women's Royal Rumble match, which I, I wanted to actually save the best for last, and that was, I think you and I agree, the best match. Before we talk about the good, I, I got to talk a little bit about the bad and the, the good, the bad, the ugly, because the, the other title match, Owens and Reigns, was actually a good match. I was very happy to the length that these guys are willing to go. Very much a solid final piece to the puzzle, the final the final showdown. You know, we talked about it so many times. When you do these types of matches, last man standing, hell in the cell, cage matches, a lot of times this is it. This is the last one. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. It should be, yeah. yeah. We'll see where we go from here, I guess. But Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns, they really put it out there that this is it. This is going to be the last time. And it should be, at least for, for the foreseeable future. So there's the good. The majority of the match was good. And I even liked how they plan on ending the match. Because it started out, the, the ending, the finish started out really good. Kevin Owens handcuffs Roman Reigns to, what would you call that? that like the staging sta- scaffold. Yes. Yeah. And then he, he's handcuffed. And then Roman Reigns, excuse me, the referee gets all the way to nine. There's no way Roman's getting up. And he's like, holy shit, Kevin Owens is going to win the title. And then Roman does the most heelish thing you can do. He grabs the referee and he fucking slams him. And hits, he, the referee hits his head on something and yeah. he's out. Oh my God, what a fucking dick move. Great heel fucking finish coming. Absolutely, yeah. And then he calls for Paul Heyman. 
Paul Heyman comes. He's got a key. He's going to un- unlock him. Mm-hmm. Everything's sounding great right now, right? Well, we have a problem. <laughs> Paul Heyman can't fucking, for whatever reason, just can't get the fucking key in there. He can't get him unlocked. He's having trouble. Ladies and gentlemen, this is live TV. Things happen. Sid, I've got a question for you. We all know that you can bring the heavy offense, but there are a lot of skeptics that think that perhaps you can't take it, that uh, you can't take the punishment that Diesel will give you tonight. How do you address those skeptics? Well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, Hal. I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm watching it. I'm watching Mr. Wrestling 6. I got to say, this is not in hindsight, so I don't want to hear anyone give me that bullshit. I'm calling it on the fly, live. Two things. One, why are they using real handcuffs? Mm-hmm. Terrible fucking idea. Yep. There, there, there are there are prop handcuffs out there yeah, that yeah. break away. And then two, who the hell put that referee out there to start counting before they were ready for him to be so there? For him to for him to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Heyman's still struggling to get Roman out there, and then here here's the referee counting, and he's at five. Yeah. Yep. He's halfway done. And immediately, you see him kind of being told to, like, stop. In the earpiece, yeah. He, like, he kind of, like, goes for his earpiece, and then he's just, like, he literally just stops. And then the camera immediately cuts him out of the picture. Yeah. (laughs) This reminds me of fourth grade. No bullshit. I was in a play. Okay. And it had something to do with arresting Santa Claus. And I had brought gimmick handcuffs from home. (laughs) Yeah, this is a completely different childhood these days, folks. (laughs) And uh, I assured everybody that they were going to work and everything was going to be fine. Well, we got uh, to that point in the play in front of everybody. And I had handcuffed Santa Claus. And when I went to unhandcuff Santa Claus, we couldn't get the cuffs off. So... I had to ad lib and uh, everybody laughed and uh, it still took like another 45 minutes after the show was over for us to get those fucking handcuffs off. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, so that happened and you got to see it live and wow, talk about ruin the moment it definitely took us out of the moment we're like wow even my kid was the first to see it she's like dad he just stopped like why is he stopping there's no reason for him to stop yeah she's like the least they could have did was had she calls him the Eggman, paul Heyman. she's like at least they could have had Eggman like try to interfere with him to, to get him to, something to, yeah to yeah. throw him off the count you know there's there's a lot of things i mean somebody could have had i don't know i mean you got a situation like that have guys ready to go have jay uso ready to go in that situation i mean there's a lot of th- these are the things that you have to prepare for you're using handcuffs using real handcuffs you can't get them off. These are things that you that shouldn't go by the wayside. Somebody fucked that up. Yep. And it ruined that finish. Because, realistically, that was a hell of a fucking finish. They made Kevin Owens look so goddamn strong in that match. They did their job. Kevin Owens didn't look... Because one thing that I said was that what I hate about Royal Rumble Championship matches, the vast majority of the time, they're just fillers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To, to get ready for, for WrestleMania. And that's all it is. And in a nutshell, this is pretty much the same concept. However, they made Kevin Owens look extremely strong. He gave it. He fucking went hard, and he beat the shit out of Roman Reigns. They beat the shit out of each other. And he outsmarted him. He had the handcuffs, and then Roman went to the heel route to cheat, basically. That's great fucking booking. And then they fucking ruined it. They ruined it by just plain stupidity. And unfortunately, 
I guarantee you the referee is going to get in trouble for that. Not the person in Gorilla who yep. should have been in charge of that. Probably Vince McMahon. <laughs> it's unfortunate. So that's that really fucking was something that I just I couldn't let go. Because I contemplate, like, is it really worth talking about? It is because there's a lot of people that, that, that listen to us that are so pro-WWE that all they see is perfection. You can't let... These are the mistakes that you can't let happen. No, you, you just can't. You can't. A finish like that needs to go smooth, and it just, it just fucking didn't. It'd be like the referee counting the two and then forgetting to count the three and be like, oh, you won anyways. <laughs> it just... You're missing something. You're, miss, you're missing a lot there, and it's unfortunate. Overall, though, it was still a good match. Yeah. Just oh, yeah. a really poor finish. The next two things are going to be the Royal Rumble. We'll start with the men's. Obviously, we'll start with the winner here. And I, I know you're not too too much of a fan of his, but Edge is the 2021 Royal Rumble winner. I don't like this route. I, I did I did the same thing for each Rumble match. I had I had two winners. Okay. I had a, I had a plan A and a plan B for for the men's. My plan A, I was actually really thinking that they were going to book AJ Styles because of what the type of heel work he's been doing. Okay. But then my plan B was Daniel Bryan. So much of that, too, goes into the promo that he cut on SmackDown. Talking about how the only thing that's really eluded him in his WWE career is a Royal Rumble victory, WrestleMania moments, yada, yada, yada. And that he doesn't know how many WrestleMania moments he has left. And I'm thinking to myself, with how they're booking him right now, Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan's a top pick. Yep. I think for this Rumble. With that being said... Edge cut a very, very similar promo on Monday nights, but if you really think about it, everybody cuts those promos for the most part. Yeah. Yep. And, and and two, Edge literally came back. He didn't even officially come back yet. He, he It was like a pre-taped promo. Uh-huh. And I just, for me, it's a feel-good moment for a lot of people. It's a missed opportunity for me. I don't think Edge in a title picture at WrestleMania does anything for the product. I, I know they're building it as it's a title he never lost because he, he relinquished it. Reality is, this is, for me, another example of the WWE doing what they do every year at WrestleMania for the past 10-plus years, relying on old talent to bring you these WrestleMania moments. I had a conversation with Mr. Wrestling 6 that, that same night. Orton versus Edge last year wrestled in a match called that was dubbed the greatest wrestling match ever. Oh, that's right. I got to tell you this right now. The match was was a solid C- minus for me. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, you know, going into something like that, you're touting it just by name alone, yeah. you're touting it high up there. Mm-hmm. That's one thing you should never do is like pre-deliver or predetermine that, that level of integrity of a match. You just mm-hmm. don't do that because as we've seen with the, with the Roman Reigns match, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Things can get fucked up. People could get hurt. Like you just don't know. So why would you even bother? And I get it. It was a very, uh, a very gimmicky match, but you just don't do that. To see that possibly come to fruition again during WrestleMania season, I hope it's not at WrestleMania. I hope it's before WrestleMania so that when WrestleMania does come around, there's a different match yeah. For WrestleMania, but I'm not looking forward to that match. <laughs> First of all, Okada and Omega never did the greatest wrestling match ever, as far as building it up to be that. Right. You put yourself in such a bad predicament, not just because anything can happen, but also, too, if you're going to serve me a burger, I should say, that's the best cheeseburger of all time. <laughs> okay. It better fucking like, be that, or how I'm going to look at it, it's just okay. 
Exactly. You put this in my head that it's like, oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be this, and then you deliver something subpar. It just doesn't work. What they did was had an okay match, but greatest wrestling match ever. It was was fucking stupid. So the point I'm trying to make is you had you had a guy that competed in just an okay match showed you that he could still go at an okay pace, and you said, hey, that's good enough. Take the ball. Your main eventing WrestleMania over AJ Styles, over Daniel Bryan, over you know everybody else that's that's been fucking killing it all fucking year. You're you're the guy. You you are for sure the guy. I I don't understand what they're trying to pursue here as well because you're also talking about a guy like an Edge who comes back for like one fucking match. And has to miss the entire fucking year because of injury. I mean, the guy just... Look, it's a feel-good story. I get it. That's why they make movies. Watch a fucking movie that has a happy ending. <laughs> this this shouldn't be one of them. It shouldn't be one of them. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, as far as the actual match, I don't know what, it, what it's going to take for me to care about a Royal Rumble match when it comes to the men's division anymore. I just wasn't feeling it. I, I felt placement was odd. Uh, some of the the appearances, I didn't, you know, you're always gonna get surprise appearances. I get that. Nothing, nothing wowed me. Carlito looked in good shape. He was fucking huge. <laughs> yeah. Good lord. You know, he looked good. I, you, know. you know what he reminded me of? Like when when uh, for those of you who've played Zombies Ate My Neighbors, you know when you drink the potion, yeah. you're a kid like you Hulk up, boom. Yeah. Good lord. I didn't need to see Fat Hurricane. Yeah, nobody needed to nope. watch that. I don't. I don't get that one. Other than like, hey, he's available. You know, <laughs> he's already backstage. So I think I think Kane set a record for what most most uh, eliminations. Most eliminations. Yeah. And wasn't it most appearances as well? Maybe. Yeah. It was like his 18th Rumble or something. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So that was. I guess that was cool. I mean, obviously nobody nobody expects Kane to win anything anymore these days. Plus he's. You know he's a politician now, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> again, overall, I I just I just don't know what it's going to take for me to to give a shit about this about this uh, particular rumble match as far as the men's division because it seems every year it's going to the same type of guy. The last time that we got a real wrestler that won it was Shinsuke Nakamura, and look how that turned out. <laughs> Shame. That's a whole nother debacle with. Shinsuke, you know, him getting his original theme back, and he's getting this, like, mini push as of late, and it's like, you know, this is a little bit, it's too little too yeah, late. It only took him, you know, three right? years. Now, I know I, I can complain about it more. I know there's a lot of edgeheads that still exist that's like, Edge, Edge is great. Edge is the perfect pick. Edge never lost a title. I love Edge. You know, go go fucking love Edge then. I mean, he's, he's a rumble winner. <laughs> I, I figure... At this point, it might be more clear. Um, again, this is being uh, released a few weeks uh, after the event or two weeks after the event. I, I guess we're probably going to see Edge versus McIntyre, maybe. Does that sound appealing to you guys? It doesn't sound appealing to me. I mean, we could have gotten Edge versus AJ Styles. I will say... I mean, we're... not Edge versus AJ Styles. I'm sorry, Drew McIntyre versus AJ yeah. Styles. Better. Uh, uh, yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> And you know what, as far as the Rumble goes, I will say this. I for sure thought, you know, Orton getting hurt and then coming out at the end, I for sure thought they were going to let him win 
because that's quite the heel situation. Mm-hmm. That would have put him over more. And at this point, he's probably the most solid worker you got, minus AJ Styles. So on on the raw on on the raw side on the raw side. Yeah. So it's like, what do you that that they're gonna push that they exactly yeah. that they're gonna push. So why not just do it that mm-hmm. way? You know, you still get him over as a heel. It works out in the, in the end for him. I think they called an audible last minute and threw, threw Edge the, the ball, and they're going to run with it for as long as they can. I, I hope, I just I have a feeling in my bones that this was just, this is all kind of a, a work. Like, Edge is, he's not going to be at WrestleMania, or if he is, it's not going to be for a title, or they're going to add one more person into that match to to you know take some of the load off of him during that match don't get me wrong he looks in great shape for for what he is but Mm -hmm. let's face it you can't there's no fucking way there's no fucking way you're gonna let him come back and become champ again yeah you know look what it did for goldberg absolutely nothing you that you you're just you're adding another old timer who who's Probably should should have hung it up by now. I mean, know? and also too, we're assuming he's going to stay on Raw. Look at look at the Raw brand. Look at how bad that brand is. That show is. It's fucking horseshit. If you there's, want to call it a show, there's speculation that he was Edge was supposed to become a road agent or Booker or something backstage. He just decided that he didn't like it. And he didn't want to do it. So they were training him to do that. And then he just said he he would rather be in ring. So this is kind of like an out of the blue run. So they give him the rumble on top of it? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 uh, but it's like, wow, what the fuck? So you have you have a champion, Drew McIntyre, who I've said it on this podcast. I said it during our end of year show. Hell of a year that he had in 2020. And one of the very, very few bright sides of the Raw brand in 2020 or recent years, I should say, even. Hell of a champion, in my opinion. I, I stand by that. His his match with, with Goldberg is not his fault. Nobody's match against Goldberg is their fault. It's just <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you face somebody who can't wrestle. It, just, it is what it is. So you, you make McIntyre go through that, and then what? Give him Edge? Because I, I just don't see Edge versus Roman Reigns. I don't see them feeding him the Roman Reigns. I honestly, in my gut... I truly feel that, and I, I know you're not gonna like this. I don't like this, <laughs> <laughs> but in my gut, I truly feel that uh, Edge is is walking out of Mania as a champion. I truly feel that. Yeah, and, and, and I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's good booking. I'm not defending it, but the way that this company books WrestleMania, so long as nothing drastic happens and I'm not saying I want anything drastic to happen to Edge or anybody in particular but unless something drastic happens and they have to call an audible I, I this, this is this is what it's shaping up to be the, the promo that he cut on Monday before Royal Rumble the fact that he won won the Royal Rumble now he has a title shot at Wrestlemania for, for me like that's all the writings of that feel-good Wrestlemania story that they have told a million times, but they rarely ever tell with the right person, the right protagonist. Do and, you think he's the right protagonist? Absolutely not. It's, look, it's it's a good story. Fine. It's it's cool, but you know, it's like it's like giving Alex Smith the MVP because he came back from a horrific injury. Touche. That's that to me, that's what you're doing. Okay. It's just like, oh, you showed up and played? 
MVP. <laughs> Doesn't work that way, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry to say it. His time has come and gone. It's unfair. It's an unfair story. Life threw him a really shitty fucking, you know, bone. But he, it was, it is what it is. The world has moved on from Edge. He's not a deserving World Rumble winner. And he's not the guy that should be headlining WrestleMania. Just not. Let know, alone win the title. I know part of this is because, like, other plans had fallen through. Uh, you know, they invited The Rock for sure. They were trying to get The Rock to do a match against Roman Reigns. Rock pretty much told them, no, no thanks. And so he's not coming. I know John Cena uh, is still projected to face Bray Wyatt uh, in some shape or form. Where, how, and when that will happen is still yet to be seen. But as far as I know, too, they're still doing two nights. They are. So uh, That's for sure. You know what though? Is that a smart move at this point? If you've got all this, all this major talent mm-hmm. that is pretty, pretty much saying, "Hey, we're not interested in coming," or you know, "We don't really want to do this," then what, what do you have to gain by holding two nights of of matches? Nothing. The only thing that I can say, they are going to do a, more of those silly little movie matches, and therefore production time is going to be key if you will okay that's the only thing i can think of because other than that there is no point i don't know what you gain out of it i don't know what you gain out of a wrestlemania with no audience and do it two times and on top of that the only thing that i can say for wwe is that universal is paying the bill now for that for that particular show especially yeah um because it is going to be at raymond james stadium like it was supposed to be last year it's officially going to happen there but obviously still under the Thunderdome, whatever. Although they're talking about having some sort of. I, a... I was gonna say you're in the right state. Yeah. As of this recording, no tickets have been announced. But yeah, I, I that's the only thing I can think of is maybe this is a a way to try to get some kind of revenue in that way as well. I understand you just got a billion dollar deal. I don't know how much that's gonna be right away. How much you're getting if it's a. Well, if it's split over five years... It's at least $200 know. million, or probably $200 million, depending on how the contract is. But right. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know. Um, I don't know what you gain out of that. Uh, we're watching the, the the Raw after WrestleMania... Or, uh, we're watching the Raw after Royal Rumble right now, and <clears throat> I gotta say, first of all, Sheamus looks like a fucking douchebag. That he does. Uh, I, I, he has the worst style I've ever seen anybody have. <laughs> Uh, Drew McIntyre. He looks like the Brooklyn Brawler. He does. <laughs> the Belfast Brawler. <laughs> Drew McIntyre, Edge. They're they're, they're having a, a, a standoff again. I know it's professional wrestling, and 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 I understand that not everything has to be realistic. I get that, but the type of incredible form that Drew McIntyre's in. The guy's in his prime of his career right now. He's you talk about not having many WrestleMania moments. How many WrestleMania moments do you get in your prime? It's like it's like having Shawn Michaels in the prime of his career and you don't put him up against Bret Hart. You don't put him up against Stone Cold. You put him against Macho Man who at that point didn't have it anymore. But because he's Macho Man, 
He's he used to be he used to be somebody. With all due respect to Macho Man, nothing but love. That's what this is. This is a waste of a show for Drew McIntyre. I don't give a shit about Edge. Drew McIntyre deserves better than a guy who honestly hasn't done shit in over a decade. It's not his fault. I get that, but again. I, I, that's why I bring up the Alex Smith situation. We'll see how this unfolds. I hope I'm wrong. Hope my gut's wrong, and uh, it, it does, you know, get it wrong from time to time. But uh, at any rate, I also have to point out too that in comparison to the Women's World Rumble, which we're about to talk about right now, the Men's World Rumble only had one NXT participant, and that was Damian Priest. Yeah, is that is that a mistake? I'm sure there have been at least more participants. Damian Priest is probably getting called up. I, I Yeah. But we've seen it in the past where NXT people come in, do a one-off, and then leave. Should, that, should they have had more? I think they should have had more. You know, you've got uh, Tommaso Ciampa, who pretty much lives, breathes, bleeds NXT, doesn't want anything to do with the main roster, so he's out, which he would be the one you'd want to see. Mm-hmm. Out of everybody at this point, then you've got you've got everybody else. Uh, you've got Adam Cole. You've got you've got the rest of his boys. Any of those guys, I would love to see in a rumble, but sure. I, I couldn't tell you why they they were not included or invited or scheduled. Um, right? Who knows at this point? You know, they sent Keith Lee back to to go get retooling. So no matter what, whether he's considered Raw, NXT, or whatever, he's not going to be in there. Mm-hmm. It becomes like this big just group of limited options. And it shouldn't be that way. It, it They should have had at, at least, at the very least, one more. One more NXT uh, roster member. Especially, you know, we have a Royal Rumble where we have, again, Fat Hurricane Helms. We have Christian... We have Kane. We have guys that just Carlito, guys who are are one and one done. and done. You yep. know, we we should if you're gonna do one and done, do one and dones that matter. That that's the whole point of this. Of why I brought that up again. Not a fan of the winner. Not a fan of of the the match. Uh, all in all, I thought it was just okay. Moving on to a match that I felt was good, and that is the women's Royal Rumble match overall. Um, you had you had a good variety here. You know, we talked about missed opportunities. You had a good variety. Obviously, you have your main roster, which is going to be the bulk of the Rumble entrance. But you had, I, I if I'm my counts right, six NXT wrestlers on there, and then you did have your one-off people. Which, I mean, only I I, I you know I was I was pretty pretty happy to see Victoria back to, to do a one-off match. She's going to do if you're going to have somebody invited back, but. The rest that were in there, you mean Jillian Hall, <laughs> uh, well, Tori Wilson, and then I, I can't, I have, because of what happened with Arn Anderson, I have nothing but resentment towards this person. That's Alicia Fox, uh, because she is irresponsible. A man lost his job. The saying, uh, she's in there. Whatever. Uh, even wins the twenty four seven championship temporarily. Yeah. I just love how they introduce her as a legend, and I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's not it's not hard to be a legend. In no, WWE. apparently not. It's it's really fucking easy to be a legend in WWE. So yeah, you you had a good variety though. I thought I thought it was it was uh, it was a fun match, man. I think every every time something happened, for the most part, it was 
it was entertaining. If you paid attention, though, I gotta say, and, and maybe maybe nobody else paid attention to this, but there was way the 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 balance between Raw and SmackDown was very overwhelming. There's so much more Raw women than there are SmackDown women. They might want to fix that if you want to even even field on your on your uh, as far as your championship contendership goes. But at any rate, a SmackDown wrestler won, and it comes down, and I said it before, I, I had two people, as, as I did with the men's. My number one, I'm going with Real Ripley. My number two was Bianca Belair because of the push that she was getting, has been getting for the past couple of weeks. I just I had this feeling that if you're going to push somebody newer, younger, now's the time to do it. Before we get to the finish, which came down to my two picks... Ripley and, and Belair. I don't I don't say this a lot about Charlotte Flair because I feel she is way too overbooked and I think she's gonna be overbooked again this year. She's gonna be in some kind of fucking title picture if she is every fucking WrestleMania, unfortunately. <laughs> but for this particular night, for this particular match, I like the booking of her being the third or the second to last person eliminated, allowing you know, kind of, it was almost like them pushing the old out the way for the time being for this particular match and making way for somebody that's never had those opportunities in Ripley and Belair. And then on top of all that, they don't end the match relatively soon after that. They let them go for, what would you say, close to five minutes after yeah, that. Yeah, in upwards of five, six minutes, yeah. And for me, that was a... a a tip in the cap to what both of those women represent for this company and I I just felt wow that's that booking right there was fucking done perfectly I have very little gripe with uh, with this match I I agree with you that the the there was an imbalance between Raw and, Raw and SmackDown talent um they need to work on that <laughs> but like even like even uh, the spots with like Billy Kay, you know she was gonna come in and be comic relief, yeah. and she did it well. And you know, adding Jillian Hall to that, it made it relevant. You know, even if it was just for the Rumble. So I, I can't really be all that mad mm-hmm. about someone like her being asked to to come back. Uh, Tori Wilson probably always gonna be back. Uh, in spots like this, because her husband works for the company, so I, you know, and she's still physically fit, still looks fucking great. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can't, I can't be mad at that. They did, they, they knocked it out of the park, as far as I'm concerned. It was, it was a good women's Royal Rumble match. It seemed much more cohesive than the men's, for yeah. wh- for whatever reason. Yeah. And I, I, I'm telling you, to me, that was the match of the night. Between everybody that was in the Rumble, was Bianca Belair the right pick? You know, we're sitting there watching it, and I was explaining this to my daughter. Like, you know, there's talks of Rhea Ripley getting uh, a huge push to go against Flair at WrestleMania. So I'm like, the moment I seen her come in at like, what was it, 14 or 15? Yes, 14. I was like, she's going to win it. She's going to win it. There's, That's it. And so she came in, and she does. She not only does she physically look different from most of the roster, the other other girls. Yeah. But she has a her own presence about her, and it's great. It's refreshing to see 
because she has all the makings of a superstar. And I hate to sound like a broken record, but she does. And so you, you go into a match like this with all that information or that point of view, and you're like, of course she's going to win. I had no doubts in my mind that she was. They actually, Bel Air wins it, which shocked the hell out of me because I wasn't expecting that. And that was quite the refreshing end to a Royal Rumble. Like, I was so sure Rhea Ripley was going to win, and then she didn't. And that's what definitely put the, that was the icing on the cake for me. Uh, is Bella, is, is Bel Air worth it? I'd say a couple years ago, I would tell you no. Yeah. Um, cause she's clearly got the athleticism. Mm -hmm. That's never been an issue with me. Uh, to me, it was like lack of focus and then just her not being experienced enough. Cause you, she would have matches where you're like, damn, that was a great match she had. And then the next time around, you'd be like, what the fuck was she thinking? Yeah. There's a lot less of that with Bianca Belair these days, so I'm I'm all for it, man. I hope I hope her push goes far. I hope it goes somewhere, and they don't that they don't shortchange her. That's all I can really say. But the the Rumble match itself, it it definitely worked. So Bianca Belair is she is, was crying, dude. She yeah. was she was actually legitimately truthfully crying. Like how how can you not? enjoy that yeah yeah not, I, not in like a weird sadistic way no no no. i i, I get what you're saying you know it, it's you know it's it's one of those moments too where you, you know you kind of break that fourth wall you know just how do you how do you have a gimmick of being what you are and then that raw human emotion comes out it's it's an achievement yeah for them to run with you and give you the ball look we can say what we want to say about the wwe just like anybody else your employer is saying hey you're the guy or you're the girl you know you're the one you're going to be the one that's going to take us into Wrestlemania you know assuming that they, they go that far with it no shenanigans I don't see any shenanigans uh, in the future for this Bianca Belair she's Smackdown probably going to challenge for the Smackdown Women's Championship is this going to be Belair versus Banks or do you see some kind of wrench being thrown into the mix let me ask you real quick yeah turn the tables here sure do you feel Bel Air and Sasha Banks have what it takes to put on that caliber of match? If honestly, and, and I and I say this not as a as a as a Banks mark, but if if Bel Air can hang with with somebody like Sasha Banks, we know Sasha Banks is money when it comes to these matches. We've seen it so many times. Yeah, absolutely. If she can hang with the likes of Sasha Banks, absolutely. In my opinion. I wholeheartedly think I, I I wholeheartedly believe that Bianca Belair can hang with Sasha Banks in that match. I truly do. I, I think one thing I agree with you on on the almost you want to call it the immaturity level of of, of a Bianca Belair, and that's not insulting her. That's just the level of experience that she has in in the business. And I don't think she's fully there yet. However, one thing that I've I've noticed that she does, and I saw that in her match. Uh, in the go home episode of SmackDown against Bailey, she can take the flow. She she takes direction very well in that ring, and then she also once she gets the, her groove going, you, what you see out of Belair is she takes lead in times where somebody who is more experienced would take that lead. So you kind of see that that comfort level. What I think Belair fails is if Belair is in a match with somebody like Carmella. I bring up Carmella again because Carmella's not very good. But Carmella had a good match against Sasha Banks because Sasha Banks delivered. 
Sasha Banks made it made it easier for Carmella to like this is what we're doing. Do this and we'll be fine. Belair doesn't have that yet to, to have a great match with Carmella, but she's very capable and and beyond capable, I should say, of having a great match with Sasha Banks. And I think if you if you do that match straight up, no triple threats, no four ways, no none shit like that, I think you potentially have a show stealer potentially. That's just my opinion on that. I, for me, I love Belair as the Royal, as the Royal Rumble winner. Quite honestly, as much as I want rather have have saw Ripley win it, she needs it less than Belair does because Ripley is going to get called up sooner than later. If not, you know, have already been hap- may have already happened by the time you listen to this. Ripley, I think, in my opinion, because of her size and because of how fucking over she is. I don't think even Vince McMahon can stop her, stop that progression at least at least right away during WrestleMania season to be like she doesn't have a, a spot here. Do we still see Flair versus Ripley at Mania? You want to see that for a second year in a row? I would, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the first year was was pretty good. I I would enjoy it much more than fucking Flair and Lacey Evans. Here here's where I'm worried about that. Okay, here's where I'm worried about not I'm not worried about the booking. The match is going to be good. There's no doubt about it. The match is going to be great. <laughs> Here's where I'm worried about that ever had taken place. And it has nothing to do with, with, with Lacey Evans and Ric Flair's relationship or on-screen relationship. If you remember, Ripley is the one that eliminated Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss doesn't have a match. She doesn't have anywhere to go. What I'm worried about is some stupid booking about that. Because you know there's going to be some kind of fallback on that. The obvious thing is to put Ripley in a wrestling match at WrestleMania. <laughs> right? Yeah. It should be, right? But this is WWE. They got two shows now, too. Keep that in mind, Joe. They got yeah, two NFC, shows. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just see some kind of lame-ass booking like that. Some well, fucking shit. Firehouse Firefly <laughs> catching match or some shit. That's that's where my mind goes. I, my, when I think of WWE, I try to think of as ridiculously creative, and I'm using air quotes here, ridiculously creative as I possibly can be. Ripley's the one that eliminated Alexa Bliss when she was going in her little trance. Um, I don't know if we're going to get Ripley versus Flair right away because we're running, we're already getting close to WrestleMania. I think the the immediate booking because Flair's also in a rivalry with Lacey Evans, that just only got worse with the whole Ric Flair entrance. Oh Jesus! And, and speaking of which, let's segue to that real quick here. I get very uneasy with this Ric Flair situation for a number of reasons. And, and, and the number one reason, and I almost don't want to talk about this on air because I, I definitely don't <laughs> want to jinx anything. Oh, no. But Ric Flair is too fucking old to be doing these kind of fucking situations where he's basically disowning his daughter. And if, if something were to, God forbid, happen to the man while this is in a fucking storyline. It's it's like when, when, when Chavo Guerrero was Curran White. And then Eddie dies. Right. And it's just like he disowned his entire name in and out. I don't know, man. It's just, it just, it leaves a very uneasy feeling every time I see it, on top of the fact that it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, just, I don't know. I'm probably overthinking that. I understand that, ladies and gentlemen. I have my reasonings. Joe, I've, Joe's heard my reasonings in the past. I just leave it at that. But I just don't, I don't fucking like that storyline at all. And I certainly don't give a shit about that match. Um, the only thing that I can say, though, is if they go immediately, as we see uh, Charlotte Flair on the screen right now, the only thing that I can see, I didn't watch the pre-show the where 
Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, where Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler re-won the uh, women's tag team titles. If Charlotte Flair is going to have some kind of snapping and attack Asuka. But again, as we saw see here on the highlights, it was the loss was caused by Lacey Evans. And that's, again, going to lead to a match at some point. Hopefully it happens at Elimination Chamber, which is going to be the February pay-per-view. I see this being going all into WrestleMania. It is two nights. Yeah, yeah. I trust me. This is not how I would book it, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. I don't. I don't take any pleasure in in this at all. Um, that's Royal Rumble. That's Royal Rumble in a nutshell. We love to hear. We, <clears throat> we love to hear what you guys uh, had to think of, had to say about it. Think about it. But like I said, I know we kind of picked it apart and and maybe said some negative things about it. But you know what? For a company that consistently gets you know F's and D's. This is an improvement. This is an improvement, man. You know, I, I I'd give it a B minus, B minus B maybe. It was it was pretty good. I I don't I don't know about this fucking guy we see on here. What was his name? Oh, this is Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. I don't know anything about him. He sounded like shit. I wish I never saw him again. But he's on Raw. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So other thing that happened in January we didn't get to talk about yet as far as post show was Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill. Did you watch it? I did. What did you think of the show as as a whole? It was impacting. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> yeah. If if you guys aren't familiar with Impact Wrestling, you watch it, it is definitely its own beast. It's its own entity and that's what makes it watchable. Mm-hmm. And it's always been that way. And yeah. now you've got you've got Kenny Omega and what he's calling a reunion of the Bullet Club. Although a lot of <laughs> it seems like a lot of people are on the fence about what that su- supposed what that supposedly is. Yeah, in- including the February first return of Jay White. Yes, he has he has something to say about that. Too. We'll play that promo. But <laughs> um, you add those guys to the mix, and that was that was your main event, uh, six man tag, the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega as the Bullet Club mm-hmm. taking on Rich Swan and Chris uh, Saban and Chris, Moose. Oh, that's right, Chris Chris Saban and Moose. Yes, Alex um, Shelley had a he had a back out for personal reasons. Uh, uh, pretty much quarantined due to COVID. I mean, not that he was infected, but uh, okay. So that's he, what it he, came he works with. He works as a uh, like in phys, um, physical therapy. Okay. And the facility he works for basically put the the clamp down as the numbers uh, the number of COVID cases rose. Okay. They pretty much said, "Hey, you can't go do this and expect to come back and work for us." So he was like, "Well." This is where I make a majority of my money, so I won't be attending Impact. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Because so, the way he made it sound, it was pretty serious. Oh, it is. I mean, he's serious, you know he's yeah. he's dealing with the the lives of many of his patients. Right. And, right. Right. You know that's you don't you you don't want to uh, uh, upset that uh, that situation any more than what I'm to. saying is he made it sound serious in a much different way. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like like it was a personal. Very personal issue, gotcha. and you know, obviously he's, he's you got to make your money and you got to make sure your patients are safe. I totally get that. You know, interjecting Kenny Omega and and the Good Brothers, you could tell you could tell that these guys are just of a different of a different product. I'll leave it at that because I'm not saying that they're better than the Impact roster mm-hmm. roster, and I'm not saying that they're worse than the Impact roster. Okay, but they stick out like a sore thumb. 
And so when you have them, and now they're being booked like pretty much running roughshod over everybody to get this Bullet Club thing over, it was it was like watching, like you knew the Bullet Club was going to come in and make a statement. And they did. And that was that. It wasn't, to me, I, the match was, was, the main event was good. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the card was, it was solid. And again, it, if you're if you're used to watching Impact, then that's what you got. That was it. I think this whole Kenny Omega and AEW thing is just not where it needs to be right now. And I hope they work up to to get them to work more synergistically mm-hmm. together. That's de- that definitely needs to happen because if that doesn't happen, we're just seeing guest stars from AEW on on Impact cards. And maybe in the future, vice versa, and that's it. There had there has to be if you're gonna work together like this, there has to be something synergistic that happens. Because if that doesn't happen, you're not gonna keep fans watching. You're yeah. just not. And and I I I hearken back to co-branded shows like Ring of Honor's War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. You get all those all that talent together, and you make something special happen. Mm-hmm. And that's what you should be doing week after week between AEW and Impact because if that's not happening no no one's going to continue to watch to to that effect. You bring in an AEW crowd who is used to AEW and how they do business and then you have them you try to get them to migrate to Impact Wrestling. That's what you try to do here. And you you said it very even though it's laughable, you said it perfectly. It was very Impact. Impact Wrestling has a very goofy side to it. That quite honestly hasn't been entertaining in a number of years. And that's the thing. I don't mind the goofy side of any wrestling. But I agree. It, it has to be there. It has to be entertaining. But my thing is like, all right, let's 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 put things in perspective here. Lucha Underground had a very goofy side to things and how they how they booked. But they made it work. But they made it work week after mm-hmm. week. You know. And that's why I brought it up. I mean, you you're talking about people coming back from the grave. You're talking about. Guys that are former fucking soldiers that were held captive. And yeah, it was just over the top, but you wanted to watch it. I, I mean, it was it was the wrestling version of telenovelas, man. It was yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so good, it, and I and I I just I remember just recently talking about Lucha Underground. It's a shame that management was were such fucking cocksuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because. That should be around today. It's okay to do that, but again, it has to be entertaining. That's that's very that's very true. And like this, one of the things that you know you saw, for example, was the the same card that you bring in a guy, a guy like Kenny Omega, where you're trying to showcase like look look at what we're doing. The wrestling world's going. The wrestling world's changing. And then what do you do? Literally two matches before that. Ethan Page versus the Karate Man, and whatever the fuck that was. Whatever that was, yeah, because it, it, it was it wasn't there. <laughs> it was it, it it was it was fucking horseshit, and it wasn't entertaining. It wasn't funny. It just it wasn't anything. It and, and, and what was crazy to me is that this match was was filmed two months prior, because apparently Ethan Page hasn't been with the company for months now. Nope. And it's like, why the fuck did you decide to put it on the card? Yeah. Why not just show it on Impact? You know, weeks before. If you, if you if you were obligated to show it, why did it have to be at that pay-per-view? This pay-per-view 
should have been the mark of a brand new era for both AEW and Impact, but especially Impact because it is their pay-per-view. And they didn't fully do that. Now, for me, there's definitely some some, you know, some solid matches on there. I did I did like the the match between Callahan and Edwards, which went on before oh, the the six-man tag. I just kind of felt the placement was off. Yep. Because that match should not have gone on before the six-man tag. We talked about booking and, and, and placement a lot. I, I, just, I just felt that that was one of those matches that, especially if you were in front of a live crowd, but even so for a home crowd, the same thing. You don't want to do that and get your, get, you know, to, to overwhelm your audience. If anything, not that this is a good idea because it shouldn't have been on the card, but if anything, you go barbed wire, some kind of fucking filler. Ideally, not the karate man, Ethan Page. <laughs> Because that shouldn't be on the card. But if you had to, I guess that would be a place to do it. Yeah. But, you know, I, it, that was the only thing about that match. Because the entire time watching it, you knew, you knew that the next match was the big one. It was Omega. It was the Good Brothers. And it, it kind of takes away from what Callahan and Edwards is doing. And that's a problem. Um, that's his poor booking there. And then another thing you got to get fucking get rid of is a stupid... Who shot Jr. Bullshit. It's finally done. It's now. finally done. Yeah. I know Taya Valkyrie was the one that shot him or some shit. Yep. Be done with it. No more of this shit. If I'm Tony Khan and I'm and I'm partnering up with this this company, and I'm leasing my talent to them, I it's got to make sense for 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 myself, my company, and my talent. I'm not giving you Kenny Omega. I'm not giving you Private Party. I'm not giving you anybody. If this is the type of shit that you're going to continuously do. Because at this point, we're just wasting our time. And I'm wasting my money. Um, Impact's got to fucking pick up their game. There's a way too much fucking talent on this fucking roster. To be doing nonsensical bullshit week in and week out. You know, I try to watch Impact every single week. It's like I try to watch everything every single week. Again, you got a two-hour show. And then you got about an hour and ten minutes of, of dialogue. Yeah, I need wrestling. Give me fucking wrestling. Why, why are we doing three fucking backstage interviews with the same fucking people? Yeah, once, once. Everybody, you know, whatever, whatever happened to fucking you know a good solid three minute promo and that's it. Even if they're not on, if they're not wrestling that night, you have them cut their fucking promo. You get you get people anticipated to watch for next week, and you move on. It's a simple formula. Everybody <laughs> does it. Even the WWE kind of does it right sometimes. But Impact Wrestling just can't seem to fucking get it right. Overall, Hard to Kill was a decent show. You can still check it out, I believe. Uh, check it out, uh, 20x20crew.com slash podcast. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight. That's F-I-T-E. Uh, go through us, become a new member, and you're going to get free credits on us to use towards a purchase or actually I think the new rule is you have to use it for a complete purchase yes and they also you also have a certain amount of time to use those credits as well yes uh, fights kind of changing the rules but uh, it's all it's all in the fine print ladies and gentlemen uh, and uh, if nothing else there's plenty of great free content on there MLW Fusion Ring of Honor Wrestling Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and a bunch of other great stuff, combat sports, Muay Thai, kickboxing, boxing, MMA, 
all on there. All lot lot of it free. Some of it you got to pay for, but tons of great content. Please twenty x twenty crew slash podcast slash fights and uh, check out check out that great uh, service there. Impact Wrestling, Hard to Kill twenty twenty one overall decent show. But my question to you, with everything that we've seen thus far and the aftermath, do you still see this working well, this partnership? And two, you know, we see all this back and forth between Bullet Club and we'll call it fake Bullet Club right now because they, everybody keeps you calling it Bullet Club. Yeah. Including, especially on uh, everybody. AEW is even calling it Bullet Club too. If New Japan, if companies like New Japan and other companies get involved, does Impact Wrestling have as much to gain as we initially thought or are they going to be kind of be left behind because of how they are as a company first and foremost when it comes to the usage of bullet club it's still owned by new japan pro wrestling yes so i don't give a shit what anyone says business 101 they own the trademark guess what they're in bed even if it's just for usage of the name usage of those likeness rights they're in bed with AEW, whether people want to believe that or not. I'm sorry to to spoil the the fun there. You know that's going on, whether we whether whether you want to acknowledge that or not. Mm-hmm. So to an extent, this is a work. Okay. Now, before I even comment on Impact and the Bullet Club thing, mm-hmm. I gotta comment on Impact and AEW. Okay. If you pay attention, do you see Impact Wrestling? commercials during AEW TV? No. The answer is no. But do you see AEW commercials during Impact TV? Yes. How fucking one-sided is that? Mm-hmm. You can tell who has the money and who doesn't or who who's willing to make the investment. There's been a lot of speculation about Impact being bought out by Tony Khan. He's got the money to do it. I know Tony Schiavone has already commented stating that he, he doesn't want to Tony Khan doesn't want to make that business decision because he has he has other more important places to put his money. But in that regard, if he continues to use Impact Wrestling as pretty much a fucking infomercial for his talent, he'll do so. Yeah. He'll do so till he can't anymore. And then when that happens, if it happens, and he, he essentially drives the price down or the worth of, of Impact Wrestling... You mean to tell me he wouldn't buy it even if it was just to get rid of it? Come on. That's business 101. I mean, you don't want to get rid of your competition, but that might come down to it. That might be the only option in in the future here. In regards to Impact and Bullet Club, they need to get on the ball. And it's one thing to have Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers guest star throughout this whole Bullet Club thing. It's another to to play more of a, a substantial part in any storyline involving AEW and Impact and whatever other companies you're in bed with. You have to you have to get your fucking ass in gear and and make your presence felt. I feel like going uh, uh, reiterating like when New Japan and and UWF were. We're trying to do business. And New Japan strong-armed them. Mm-hmm. 
when it came to booking shows. New Japan talent would fucking go over by a landslide, and then UWF wondered, like, well, fuck, how are we supposed to get over on, you know, if we're, if we're doing business with you? Mm-hmm. You don't let them strong arm. And that's exactly what's going on with Impact. Impact is, is being bullied right now, to be honest with you. You've got other companies going on their TV, getting over. They, they're making them look like a joke, you know? You got to be working together. Right. Not with, like, not for somebody. You got to be working with somebody. And that's my point. When it comes to the Bullet Club, Impact needs to stop being the breeding ground for Bullet Club uh, issues and become Impact trying to stop the Bullet Club from invading. That has to happen a hell of a lot more. You're fucking world champ. You know, Kenny Kenny Omega's running around like, I'm going to be the pretty much the fucking what Thanos is or was to the Infinity Stones with world titles, and you're not doing anything to fucking stop him, not anything serious. Making Rich Swan look like a fucking chump. Mm-hmm. So they need to get on it, man. They really do. You brought up the one-sided relationship between Impact and AEW. If that if this is the case, is the merger of wrestling companies working together to open door policy, doesn't that take a massive negative hit if AEW is strong arming Impact? I understand Impact is well, Impact is Impact, but anytime that you have a wrestling company that says I'm just going to milk it for everything and then and then you know whatever's left is whatever's left. Or even going as far as buying out the company or putting it out of business. Quite honestly, isn't that the complete opposite of what should be happening? Yeah. So everything that we're getting excited about potentially could be all for naught because it just sounds like it's it's WWE 2.0. Yeah. That that's exactly <laughs> where I'm going with this, and I don't I don't want it to be that way. Mm-hmm. But if they don't work together as opposed to one working for the other, that's what's going to happen. So Kenny Omega pins Rich Swan. Yeah. Okay. I, on impact, it doesn't have to happen right away. But what needs to happen is Rich Swan shows up on Wednesday night and beats the piss out of Kenny Omega. Yeah. This ain't done yet. That needs to happen. That needs to happen. Rich Swan needs to look like a fucking world champion. And Rich Swan is a great champion. Well-deserving champion for Impact. That needs to happen. And, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I I don't I don't know. I understand you want to you move Kenny Omega as the, this mega heel. I get that. And he's, look, they're putting him over as this mega heel. That's fine. But... What I see a lot is that you look back at the old school NWO, the original NWO. My biggest gripe, even back then as a kid, was that the bad guys constantly won. All the fucking time. Because it was the coolest thing happening. Let's let's have them win. All the fucking time. The good guys need to need win sometimes too. It needs to be a balance, if you will. Not to continue to take stuff up from, from Thanos. But there needs to be a <laughs> there needs to be a balance, and right now we're not getting it. Maybe it's just too early. Maybe that's the plan all along. Hopefully, we'll see because I don't want to see this ruin because of corporate greed. Because at that point, honestly, I don't know how much more wrestling I can watch if we have another corporate greedy fucking company. I just I can't do it, man. I'd be strictly Japan at that point. Swan Swan needs to show up on AEW 
take the piss out of Kenny Omega. And by doing that, when Kenny does grab that Impact Heavyweight title, it'll mean more. It'll be worth more because it was hardly fought over, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Now, that's the other thing, too, that, that I'm, I'm having an issue with is Moose. Moose running around with that title. And they're they're letting that go on, that being a thing. That's got to end too. They're, they're, That's been happening for a long time. I, I know <laughs> it, they're gonna have to fucking reclaim that title from Moose and and make it obsolete again. Because that that's the other thing. You've got like how can you take Rich Swan serious as a heavyweight champion if you've got another motherfucker in his own company walk around with some vacated title from years ago. Yeah. Like I'm the fucking man. That should that should have been that should have already been over with. Well see the the booking is really poor on that because it's taken forever. So Moose is walking around and he's the real world champion. We've seen this storyline before. The real world champion needs to fucking step up, have the match, beat him, and be like, okay, we're not doing this world champion thing anymore. It's over. You had your shot, you lost move the fuck on kind of situation obviously make it more creative than that but that's 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 the point like yeah I agree you shouldn't have a guy that's still saying he's better than the, the your actual real world champion on top of having a guy from another company coming in and pinning your real world champion it's a fucking lose lose it's a lose lose for the company they gotta figure that out pretty fast uh, you know what it's kind of been happening right in front of my eyes, and I just I haven't been putting it in perspective. Yeah, thank you for clearing that up for me, though. It's uh, you're the bear of bad news on that, <laughs> but it, it it does need to be talked about. It it doesn't it it does need to be brought up to the wrestling fans' attention. You you can't have this kind of corporate greed, and and hopefully right now, it's it's all work. Hopefully, you know maybe maybe the storyline is impacts gonna get beat up initially. And finally says enough's enough. You know we're we're coming to your fucking show. We're gonna, you know, you got your tag team now the number one contenders to to our tag team. I don't see them beating the Good Brothers only because of the Good Brothers, and they're part of Team Kenny. But let's fucking do this. Let's let's have this fucking war. We'll see what happens. Hopefully there's some kind of Impact versus AEW match at Revolution. That is what it's called, right? Revolution. Yes. I have my issues with everything that's going on. Let's move on a little bit. Let's stay on. Ev- uh, I was say evolution. Revolution. Add an R in front of that E. <laughs> Obviously, there's not a lot of matches booked for. We still got some time before it, but we do have an official match, and we do know that Sting is for sure going to be competing in a street fight. And I know I already tell by your reaction. This is why I wanted to bring it up because I also have my my issues with this match. For those who don't know, Sting and Darby Allen, they're uh, they're gonna be teaming together, taking on uh, I was gonna say Taz, Team Taz, Team Taz, yeah, uh, Brian Cage and uh, Ricky Starks in a tag team street fight. Let's just I'm gonna let's throw it out there. I, I was trying to set up the question better, but I'm just gonna throw it out there. Your thoughts? I get Sting's back. I get he's. He's going to be taken care of in the ring. Why in the fuck are you having him his first match back be a streak? Whose fucking bright idea was this? This man who you spent all this money to go and get and you're going to endanger his career yet again in a fucking street fight. And don't get me wrong, I'm smarter than that, folks. 
I know they're going to protect the hell out of him in this match, but guess what? That don't do shit for Sting. You're not going to get Sting over. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get that fucking match over if you're going into a fucking street fight with fucking Nerf toys. It just doesn't fucking work that way. It's WCW 2000. It might as well be. (laughs) I'm not excited for this. Rubber chicken? Remember those? Yeah. I'm not excited for this fucking match. Just like I'm not excited to see Mr. Fucking Money in the Bank The Miz on television at all, ever. Ever. He's in. He's also in my fantasy booking. Loser leaves wrestling. All they got to do is show up. Him versus Jeff Jarrett versus Brock Lesnar. Speaking of fantasy booking, real quick here, I, I this is segueing off. And then I want to jump back on the Sting match. I watched. I started watching this thing on the WWE Network. They're doing this. They're doing like the Ultimate Royal Rumble match, right? They're they were they were fantasy booking the Royal Rumble match. Okay. First of all, Sam Roberts is in there. Sam Roberts is is a, is a fucking smug prick. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, <laughs> calls himself a fucking walking encyclopedia. Sir, you are not a fucking encyclopedia on anything. <laughs> well, if you have to tell somebody you are, then yeah. you're, you're most likely you're not. I, I will. I, I want to stop. Uh, two things. I'm gonna. I'm gonna shut it down right here <laughs> okay. because you got 30 people in a Royal Rumble match, right? Yeah. And they're and they're booking. There's three guys. I know Sam Rowers. I, I forget the other two guys. They they're part of the bump. Oh, that, okay. That show Those guys. On the, on the yeah. Network. Yeah. One of the guys in the ultimate Royal Rumble match, and keep in mind, Sam Roberts didn't want The Rock because he's not a Royal Rumble wrestler, which I can somewhat agree with, I guess. All right. But what, who was okay? Santino Morello. Did he say why? Because you needed a comedic spot. Comedic spot. So that's a that's a criteria of the Rumble now? I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Obviously, we've watched every fucking Royal Rumble there is, yes. but do you consider the comed- a comedic spot a necessity for a Royal Rumble match? Absolutely not. I don't. I don't. I if if you can work it in, great. But if if you don't, I don't think it. You don't like. You don't necessarily lose anything. Yeah. By not having it there, just like with, like Billy Kay, if they wouldn't have had her in there, I still think that match would have been just fine. Yeah. Just fine without it. Yeah. So yeah, these guys. These guys are not fucking experts on it. One guy in particular was trying to get Maven. Maven. Maven because because of his one elimination, his one elimination of the Undertaker qualifies him for the ultimate WrestleMania spot or Rumble spot or match. And the fucking guy was pushing him so goddamn hard, like he was getting so loud because they were like, no, no Maven. <laughs> So my point, the second reason why I'm bringing this up is because at some point, I think we need to steal that idea because, and really fucking fancy book an actual Royal Rumble match. Jesus. Because WWE guys, you fucking can't even do your own fucking Royal Rumbles right. Maven, Santino Morello. had one job. He had one job. <laughs> fucking guys on the bump. Jesus. Uh, fucking terrible. Uh, back to Sting. Yes. Uh, issues I have with this match one first and foremost I, 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 I'm I worried about how they're going to do this match as a sense of is it going to be a cinematic match at this point what's the fucking point um, I know I know the difference between Revolution the, the stadium match that we saw from uh, it was Double or Nothing is that now you have a crowd albeit a very small crowd I, I'm starting to wonder if this is even going to happen in the fucking ring in one of those type of matches, uh, I I don't even know. It, it, you know, Sting is one of those guys. Again, 
I know just like Joe, you know, he's going to be well protected. I get that. But that's going to be the that's going to be the goal. But you're absolutely right. It how how real can you make this look then? You just you don't. He's not going to fucking do the Darby Allen spots. That's going to be for Darby Allen. And Sting's never even done those to begin with. And if you remember, a lot of gimmick matches that Sting has done in his career have not been very good. No. Even in his prime. So what makes you think that at fucking almost 60 years old it's going to be it, it's going to change? On top of that, again, Sting is not a fucking gimmick wrestler. If you want to put him in a tag match with Darby Allen, fine. Why not just make it a fucking tag match? Why make it a street fight? It it just it, it's silly. You could have still accomplished the same thing. You still do the same spots that you want to do with Darby Allen because that's who's going to be doing it. And Sting still get in there and give get his shots and still look good doing it. You don't need to go hardcore because Sting is not a hardcore wrestler. I I, I really I'm really disappointed by that booking. I you know there's not many people that are going to be a bigger mark that you're going to hear than Sting or of Sting than me. And I gotta tell you, I am not looking forward to this match. No. It's, uh, it's just not. <laughs> Fucking A, man. We are going to wrap up this episode, but before we do that, I want to bring up a concept that happened over Royal Rumble weekend. GCW did a, a show or a, a, a series of shows called Fight Forever, and it was basically a 24-hour of wrestling. I've never seen anything like that before. Neither have I. And... The concept is, again, to raise money. Again, we're still among, amidst a pandemic. Especially independent wrestlers are, when it comes to, we're obviously just speaking of professional wrestling here. A lot of independent wrestlers are struggling to make ends meet, just like some, you know, so many people. you got a guy like Alex Shelley who's working two jobs. You don't see that a lot in pro wrestling. <laughs> right? Especially on a, on a bigger format. And this concept... Seems pretty cool, man. I I I I watched a couple of shows. Obviously, I didn't do all twenty four hours. I do intend on watching all the shows though, over over time. Is this something that even like post pandemic, you think something that should should be should happen again? Do you like the idea? Is it is it a good way to 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 raise money to raise awareness of pro wrestling, or was this simply just? kind of a stretch to try to raise some money it's a good idea i just think i don't think gcw was the organization to, to get it over okay keep in mind there's a lot of other companies that were yeah were yeah there. no i get that but it, here's the thing i love the concept mm-hmm. and clearly you know they have to do business with other companies in order to make this happen because you need a substantial roster to get through 24 hours of fucking wrestling and to be honest with you you know what roster that would work great in the WWE. They could, with the fucking gigantic roster that they have, if they put on a 24-hour show, the amount of shit that they could put on and produce, even, like, it just even with their production, the production side of things, they could have cinematic matches, uh, work all kinds of shit in there. I'm not saying it would be good, but I think it would, it would probably would have been better suited with the WWE than GCW and, and all their little fudgling affiliates. Um, I like the concept though. I really do, and yeah, it does. It does raise awareness for whatever cause you, <laughs> you Jesus. for for whatever cause you wanted to to be raised. You know, 
So, I mean, whether WWE does it for, like, a charity or, or what have you, I like, I definitely like the I do, too. I, I think I think the idea was great. I just think, it, you know, it, it was something different. I, you know, I don't know. I I think I think independent wrestling can, can pull this off and pull it off con, uh, continuously. I just think right now, honestly, my, my thing was is that we are in the midst of a pandemic. And so, therefore, that's why I don't feel like it's as strong as it can be. Because if you look at something like the the weekend before WrestleMania, prior to the pandemic, it's one of the biggest fucking like wrestling events of the year, and this it's not including WrestleMania, and you have you have shows that basically take place all day from after sometimes late morning all the way till at, you know after midnight, and it's you know that's over twelve hours, not quite twenty four, and. They do very well, but see, that's that's what's missing here is that that accumulation of of people and and interest. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, if you if you had that big event, and I'm not saying it has to be that would it would definitely work WrestleMania weekend. Wrestle, oh my god, WrestleMania weekend. But I think it also you know you you, you go back to uh, those 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 big events, uh, WrestleCast or whatever they were called. Yeah, you know those also generated a lot a lot of people. Those were huge conventions. And if you did wrestling throughout, I think I think it definitely could work because you get a lot more people. I think I I agree with what you're saying, but where I disagree is if you, which kind of it, it disagrees, but also agrees at the same time. You take those promotions, GCW. I think it works, but where you're missing is you do need those bigger names. You do. You do need. You know when you when you do. You know the, the 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 fight pit or whatever they were called. The, you know what I mean. Yeah. You had those big Mineral Suzuki. It, that was all he did all weekend. Yeah. But you better believe people went to that show because he was there. You know, or you know whoever this person versus that person, and then everything else sold itself. You're missing those big ticket names, whether they're an independent or you know kind of semi-retired guys or whatever, that's what you're missing out of this. But I, I will love to see this post-pandemic take place because I really dug the idea. You know, I, I, I think uh, it takes me back to the old telethon days, if anyone remembers those. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really thought it was a good idea. Shout out to everybody that participated in that. It's a really cool concept. Uh, let's see this happen in the future. Because as always, we want to support professional wrestling. And uh, one last thing before we go. Uh, shots out. Actually, two more things. Shots out to uh, Trey Miguel. I, just, I wanted to bring him up just briefly. Made the, the right decision to not go to WWE. He's back with Impact Wrestling. but And I know we kind of bashed Impact a little bit. But that's the place to be right now. As far as in comparison to that in WWE. Look, I, I wish nothing but MSK now. As they're being called. Nothing but the best. But... They're going to top out sooner than later, unfortunately. Um, so, shout out to Trey Miguel. And the second thing I want to do, I, 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 I actually, a lot of times when you know, some you know, being being a, a wrestling fan, what happens over time is that we have to say goodbye to people of the past and and give our condolences. And we're not going to do that tonight, but we're going to say goodbye to an entity. Because we just had the official closings of every family video here in the United States. Yep. And I don't know about you, partner, but video stores, for me, was not only big for, for video games, obviously, but...
but it was so big in my exposure to professional wrestling. What is your take on your memories of good old-fashioned video stores? I was probably the one of only maybe three people in the late 80s, early 90s, pretty much once a week would go and rent Starcade 86. I knew you were going to say that, yes. <laughs> over and over and over again from a local video store, which is not around anymore, obviously. And I don't want to use the name here because they have since become something else. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yes. So, you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about, yeah. So, yeah, and I, I'll never forget the guy who ran it at the time was just like, what is with this tape? Why do you keep renting this tape? And I, you know, me being the excited wrestling fan that I am, I'm... I'm fucking marking out in front of him, and so he watched it. Yeah, and he was like, "Wow, that was that was great. I want to watch more." So that led him to bring in more tapes, more nice. wrestling tapes nice. into yeah. the into the store. And uh, so you know, obviously, yeah, I I got wrestling over with him, and it became a, a bigger thing for them. And then around the same time, you had an emerging company called Four Star Video out here. They were they were known for their wrestling library that you could rent from them. I forgot what they became in their later years before they got completely went by the wayside, but. Um, the dude, res- watching wrestling or renting wrestling tapes or wrestling pay per views at a video store, it was a thing. Yes, it was always mm-hmm. a thing growing up for me, and you know it was it was there. You know I would go rent video games and wrestling, and that was that was my weekend. Yeah, every Friday, every Friday at the school would be the same thing. My brother would come pick me up. We'd go to our our, our local video stores. A lot of times over the you know over the over the years it became Family Video, which is obviously a very big name, and you know it would be the same thing. Two video games usually, maybe some movies, and then I'd always check out the wrestling section. You know the the the, the guy that you know a mutual friend of mine and my brothers that I talked about in episode one, all the way back in episode one, that got me into wrestling. Usually be with us too, and you know we always always trying to find whatever we could whether it was you know a documentary that was made whether it was pay-per-views and then certain video stores too would be like hey you guys are into wrestling like they would have essentially bootlegs that they would rent out uh kind of under the table a little bit it was just such a good exposure because you know again remember we you know we didn't have the streaming services i know we're a bunch of old guys but we didn't have the streaming (laughs) services that we do today and uh, you know when you you hear about video stores like Family Video closing down for good, it's a bitter, it's it's a very bittersweet feeling because it's it's an end of an era that's officially over. And it was, I mean, it's it's not surprising, you know, you you can't last forever in, in that sense. But it's just, uh, wow, what a slap that was. Uh, it's just it, it's it's a little it, you know it's kind of a melancholy feeling for me. And so I want to say. On behalf of every wrestling fan out there that's ever rented a, a wrestling tape, thank you. Because without video stores, I wouldn't have been able to watch as much as I did back then. So, thank you for for all the great uh, great memories. And uh, 
yeah, man, I, I can't speak enough of how great it was, as well as, a, as being a gamer as well. So, on that, we say goodbye. And, uh, Absolutely. How can they uh, How can they check us out? Uh, Facebook.com slash 20x20crew. That's our Facebook page. Come talk to us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20wrestlingtalk. Uh, we are on Instagram and Twitter, both with the handles 20x20crew. And, uh, of course, our home on the web right now, 20x20crew.com, where you can find all of our past episodes, merchandise, and the like. And uh, that's it for now. We're still working on Patreon. Patreon coming soon. YouTube's being retooled. Website's being retooled. Website's being retooled. We are getting set for our anniversary. Man, you, you believe we've been doing this for three years? Wow. Three years, man. Wow. Uh, next week, I think Joe and I, I think Joe, I think we're due for our 20 by 20 by 20 of the month. Absolutely. So, what we do... Thanks again, of- real quick, guys. Uh, you know, that was something we, we had come up with organically. Yeah. And um, it has... It has become such a like a, a the dark horse hit of our 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 stats. So thank you guys. Thank, thank you so much for that, and we'll give you a little preview of one of the questions that I need to answer next week. So I'm I'm, I'm forcing Joe to ask me this question. <laughs> so this is a little. Just stay tuned for next week. Oh, I know what it is. I how quick. How how did uh, Randy Orton fix his burnt face so quick? Oh, the same way Rey Mysterio's eye healed so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I answered the the burning question. My response. Oh, I get it, burning. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> my, my response, before he puns me out of out of here. My response to the Undertaker's comments about everybody oh, being boy, here we go, soft. yeah. Because I I got some things to say about that and that quite humorous remarks by the Undertaker. So we're <laughs> So until next week, I've been Matt. He's been Joe. <laughs> He's dying over here. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've been awesome. <laughs> And yourselves, I forget. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see you next week. We'll see you in the ring. <laughs> yes, in the <laughs> ring. <laughs>